Story of the Life of Jesus Christ According to the Gospel of Luke Luke chapter 10 This chapter started by telling how Jesus sent out 70 of his disciples whom he divided in twos to go out into all the cities and places where he himself would go. Therefore he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore to the Lord of the harvest that he would send in more laborers into his harvest. Jesus employed his disciples to go their way, sending them as lambs before wolves. He told them not to take any purse, crepe, shoes, and also not to salute any man on the way. And any house they enter, they should first say, Peace be unto this house. And if a son of peace is in their house, the peace of Christ shall rest upon it. But if there is none, their peace shall return unto them. When they get to the house, whatever is given to them is what they should eat, for the laborers is worthy of his hire. Jesus told them not to go from house to house, and whatever city they enter and they receive them, they should eat whatever is given to them. And they are to heal the sick that are there, and also say to the people that the kingdom of God is come near unto them. But any city that they enter and are not received, they should go their way unto the streets of that city and say, Even the dust of your city which cleaveth on horse we do wipe off against you. For Jesus said that it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than for that city. When the seventy had returned, they were full of joy, telling the Lord that even the devil was subject unto them. And the Lord said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, do not rejoice because the Spirit will subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. At that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and praised God, saying, Father, I thank you, for you hear these things from the wise and prudent, and as revealed them to unto babes. Even so, Father, as it seemed good in thy sight, and Jesus said to his disciples, Blessed are your eyes, for they have seen them, and your ears, for they have heard them. And there was a lawyer among the crowd who stood up and tempted Jesus, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, What is written in the law? And how do you read it? And the lawyer answered, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast rightly said, Do this, and thou shalt live. And the lawyer, wanting to justify himself, asked Jesus, Who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered him by telling a parable, saying, There was a certain man who went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among thieves, which striped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came a certain priest that way. When he saw the man laying by the roadside, he passed the other side, and likewise a Levite. When he was at the place, he came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. 
Then there was a certain Samaritan. As he journeyed, he came where the man was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring him oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn. And he took care of him. And the following day, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host. And he said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay you. And Jesus asked the lawyer, Which of these three do you think was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? Then he answered, He that showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said unto him, Go and do likewise. Now, as Jesus journeyed, he and his disciples entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received Jesus into her house, and she had a sister named Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. But Martha was cumbered about with so much serving, and came to Jesus and said, Lord, do I thou not care that my sister dread leave me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she should help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou hast careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken from her. It's quite an interesting story of trust, responsibility, and total reliance really, which is also trust. Now what I've learned from the above story, the first lesson I've learned is Jesus put his disciples in a situation whereby he had they had to trust him completely and also to look out for the needs of others, not their own comforts. And they are also to appreciate any provision made for them by the people whom they are going to preach the gospel to. And this provision, they are to see it as a provision from God. Now, let me just read it again. The first lesson I learned from this story is Jesus put his disciples in a situation whereby they had to completely trust in him and also to look out and they and also they are to look out for the needs of others not their own comforts and they are also to appreciate any provision made for them by the people whom they are going to preach the gospel to and they should see this provision as what God has provided for them. Now, I, I learned this lesson from the first verse of this chapter, which says that when Jesus sent out his disciples, 70 of them. In the previous chapter, he sent out 12 of his apostles, but this time around, he gave them more responsibility. He sent out 70, and he told them to go by in twos to different villages and towns, where he himself was we actually go later on. Now they were not to take anything with them. No creeps, no pause, no nothing, nothing. Just go. And then I think it's I think sometimes in our lives we find ourselves in a situation where we are being 
where it's as if we are being um, stripped of every form of provision. Every form of things that we might want to, okay, bank on, kind of, or rely on, so to say, and just completely trusting God. Sometimes, I think it's it's a way of, of God training us to exercise our faith in Him, completely trusting Him for everything, completely trusting Him for everything. It's just like when the children of Israel were leaving Egypt and they were going, God provided for them through the manna and the quails and also even the sandals of their feet, they outgrow their legs, their legs didn't grow weary. God pillar of cloud by day was used that in guiding them and of fire by night so God is always with us he wants us to completely trust him I know we've got so many alternatives these days but let's don't forget the source of life he doesn't want us to put our our trust in all those things because they are not they, they are not real what we don't see they are what are real so complete trust in God and also to also look out for the comfort of others and what you know when he sent out the 70 he said they should heal when whichever house they get to and it's a peace beyond this house and they receive them if anyone is sick in that house they should heal them it shouldn't be that when they get when they go out they are seeking after the best houses or who will receive them or what they they are not seeking after their interests, but after the interests of others. And will say, or whatever thing they give to them, they should see it as a provision from God, what God has provided for them. Like Jesus rightly said, for a laborer is worthy of his hire. So the second lesson I've learned is Jesus employed his disciples not to rejoice because of their achievements, but rather to rejoice in what God has done for them. Yes, I learned this because when, you know, when the 70 disciples got back, they were happy, rejoicing, and even told Jesus, wow, what a miracle. Even the devil was subject to their name. I mean, they cast out, God, Jesus gave them power to cast out devils, demons, and every evil power, yes, and to heal the sick. And they could see how, I'm sure people who were demon-possessed, the demons were leaving them, and as they spoke, you know, Jesus has given them that authority. The same way Jesus has given us this authority for us to go out and preach the gospel to heal everyone who are sick in the name of Jesus. Now, Jesus has gave this his, this seventy disciples that same mandate. And they got back with great testimonies. And Jesus rejoiced through the Spirit and he beheld Satan fall from heaven. Now, I don't... Yeah, he says so then. Also... He told them not to rejoice because of what they seemingly think they have done by themselves, but they should rejoice in what they have they cannot do for themselves. That's their names written in heaven. You know, it's good to rejoice, but we should also be careful about what we rejoice about. I know there are some portions in the Bible which pointed about areas that we are not to rejoice about. Don't rejoice when the when the Lord is punishing your enemy or somebody that has done you wrong because the Lord, when he sees that you are happy or you are rejoicing because of you, he can turn away 
from punishing a person and also don't rejoice when um, when God does things through your miracle and then you 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 suddenly feel oh it's you are you are that special human being you superpower you are a super human being that God is using so mightily no we should be careful because these things they are really subtle so we should be careful and be quick to return our glory to God so that's why Jesus told them don't rejoice because of the devil will subject to you to you but rejoice because your names have been written in heaven that's one they cannot do for themselves so um the third lesson i've learned here is jesus wants us to be our brother's keeper let us look out for the needs of others and be kind yes jesus wants us to be our brother's keeper that's i can i learned this lesson from the story of the good samaritan the parable god um, the one jesus told the lawyer now the lawyer in those days they are not academic lawyer they are lawyers of the word of god they 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 have a way of analyze they analyze the word of god read study and all that so and he asks these questions not because he wants to know because he is a lawyer he knows everything about the scripture or what the law says he just wanted to tempt Jesus, and Jesus knew that he was tempting him. And that I just love the way Jesus answered. Jesus asked him, "What does your law said?" Then he even answered the question. That's to tell you, it's not that he didn't he didn't know what he was asking Jesus for. He just wanted to tempt him. You know, there are some people that ask questions. So let's just ask God for the wisdom in order to discern what people say or the questions they ask so that we'll give we'll know how to give the right answer because every answer jesus asked answered all his critics were all spot on really so jesus asked him back what has your law said and he told jesus what his law said jesus said well then he asked jesus again wanting to justify himself who is my neighbor because he thinks to him, he has he's doing all this, he's fulfilling all the law and all that. Now, I'm just thinking because he is he, a Jew. You know, there are sometimes you do things and you know, just to justify what you are doing, which is not rightly, which is not right really. To him, his neighbor is Jew, or maybe people of your household, people of your church, people of your, you know people who are christians with you people who are in the same tribe with you who are in the same religion or country statesmen you know and to you you just so i think to him it was like being a jew he just felt his own showing of good or kind or his neighbor and all that or showing of love should be those of the jew alone and jesus wanting to crush that pride in him so to say I'll say that Jesus wanted to crush, crush it, how to like give him that parable and let him see the picture of himself, really, and asking him to judge for himself. That's the way I see it, honestly. Because when Jesus gave that parable, Jesus told him, after the parable, now Jesus told him, Now, which of these three men do you think has been the neighbor to the man? And he answered the question. You see, people ask questions not because they don't know, but because they want to tempt, they want to see the stuff you are made of, really. 
and the man saw it and then he, he, he answered rightly he said the man who has showed compassion and jesus told him then go and do likewise so i think jesus wants us to be not to look out for good neighbors but to be good neighbors ourselves because jesus told him then you go and do the same thing so to be like the good samaritan is for us to be a good neighbor let's see it to ourselves taking that responsibility to being a good neighbor not waiting for somebody else to be a good neighbor but we should be a good neighbor and we shouldn't restrict our love to those who are of your household alone those who are christians alone as far as the person is a human being you can even be kind to animals self yes so let's that love flow it shouldn't be restricted to these people and not these people this area no so for the fact that somebody has a tattoo on his body where is a tattoo doesn't mean you can't show the love of christ doesn't mean you can't smile at the person doesn't mean you can't be good doesn't mean i can't be good doesn't mean we can't do what god has asked us to we shouldn't segregate people or have a a a wall in our hearts towards who we should love to and who we don't so i pray the lord will help us to be who he wants us to be so that's why i said jesus wants us to be our brother's keeper to also look out for the needs of others and be kind now the fourth lesson i've learned is jesus wants us to receive from him first before we can give out for we cannot give what we do not have therefore it's very important to saturate ourselves with the word of god first before we can give it out in order for our motives to be pure before the lord yes i repeat it jesus wants us to receive from him first before we can give out whatever we are giving whether in words in prayer words of encouragement in um, give giving in gifts in service in time every anything at all anything doable anything giveable whatever <laughs> let's receive from god first because i believe we receive from god he cleanses our motives he helps us to do it the right way because i've learned something not everything good is god yes not everything good is God. There's sometimes God it might not be the way God wants to do that good. So it's 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 very good. It's it's very important. I put it that way, for us to seek God first, to saturate ourselves with the Word of God, before we think of giving, in order for our motives to be pure before the Lord. Now I learned this from the story of Mary and Martha. When Jesus came to the house, in fact, it was Martha that received him into his house. And then she was, really when Jesus came, I understand Martha, honestly. Because when you don't, you can't, when you have a visitor, the next thing you want to think of is how to make the visitor feel welcome, feel okay, comfortable, and all that. So she went out of her way and started preparing meals and just busy but mary you sat at the feet of jesus i also understand mary at the same time you want your guests to feel to feel lonely there's time for everything when you've got a visitor it's good to first make the person feel welcome with your presence just stay 
we can talk and you know just be there you know there will be there's, I, I understand both people but i thank god for jesus how he kind of clarified everything and when Martha was feeling overwhelmed with the old service thing she had to cry out in fact this time around she didn't even face mary she faced jesus the ha jesus <laughs> tell my sister to come and help me now i've been doing all this work and in a way, it's as if I, you know, I'm doing all this because of you, you and because of disciples. But I need help. My sister is just there. At least tell her to come and help me. So, but Jesus, in fact, the way he called Martha, I think it's it's a it's a call of love and, and just to draw her near. That matter, matter. You are troubled with so many things. As in, there are so many things we do in our lives and we feel it's the ultimate. We feel that is what is needed. We feel it's parity, but it's not. It's not. That's why we've, we we are just, we juggle around and we, we have little or no results for what we do. So, let's just be like Mary in this. Sometimes it's just good to just be calm. Just take it easy, slow down and just stay at the feet of Jesus. You know, it calms our nerves. It gives us direction. We don't need to go here and there, here and there before we eventually get the right direction. We just... See, one thing is needful. You see, needful. And Mary has chosen that good path. I pray we all choose that good path. I pray the wisdom of God will help us to choose the good path. And when we choose that good path, it will not be taken away from us. Just like when Jesus said that Mary has chosen that good path, which shall not be taken from her. So let's just come down with the also bustling of everything and just be at the feet of Jesus. Your time, your quiet time with him is one of the best times in which you can practice what Mary has just done. And it will just help your day go very smooth and stress-free everything you know let's just practice this and i also am i'm practicing it so thank you for listening Story of the life of Jesus Christ according to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 10. This chapter started by telling how Jesus sent out 70 of his disciples, whom he divided in twos, to go out into all the cities and places where he himself would go. Therefore, he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore to the Lord of the harvest that he would send in more laborers into his harvest. Jesus employed his disciples to go their way, sending them as lambs before wolves. He told them not to take any purse, creep, shoes, and also not to salute any man on the way. And any house they enter, they should first say, Peace be unto this house. And if a son of peace is in their house, the peace of Christ shall rest upon it. But if there is none, their peace shall return unto them. 
when they get to the house whatever is given to them is what they should eat for the laborers is worthy of his hire jesus told them not to go from house to house and whatever city they enter and they receive them they should eat whatever is given to them and they are to heal the sick that are there and also say to the people that the kingdom of god is come near unto them but any city that they enter and are not received they should go their way onto the streets of that city and say even the dust of your city which cleaveth on us we do wipe off against you for jesus said that it will be more tolerable for sodom and gomorrah than for that city when the 70 had returned they were full of joy telling the lord that even the devil was subject unto them and the lord said i beheld satan as lightning fall from heaven behold i give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you notwithstanding do not rejoice because the spirit will subject unto you but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. At that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirits and praised God, saying, Father, I thank you for you hear these things from the wise and prudent, and as revealed them so unto babes. Even so, Father, as it seemed good in thy sight, and Jesus said to his disciples, Blessed are your eyes, for they have seen them, and your ears, for they have heard them. And there was a lawyer among the crowd who stood up and tempted Jesus, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, What is written in the law? And how do you read it? And the lawyer answered, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast rightly said, Do this, and thou shalt live. And the lawyer, wanting to justify himself, asked Jesus, Who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered him by telling a parable, saying, There was a certain man who went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among thieves, which striped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him after. And by chance there came a certain place that way, when he saw the man laying by the roadside, he passed the other side, and likewise a Levite. When he was at the place, he came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. Then there was a certain Samaritan. As he journeyed, he came where the man was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring him oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and he took care of him and the following day when he departed he took out two pence and gave them to the host and he said unto him take care of him and whatsoever thou spendest more when i come again i will repay you and jesus asked the lawyer which of these three do you think was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves then he answered he that showed mercy on him then jesus said unto him go and do likewise now as jesus journeyed 
he and his disciples entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received Jesus into her house and she had a sister named Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. But Martha was cumbered about with so much serving and came to Jesus and said, Lord, do I thou not care that my sister dread leave me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she should help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou hast careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken from her. It's quite an interesting story of trust, responsibility. And total reliance really, which is also trust. Now, what I've learned from the above story, the first lesson I've learned is Jesus put his disciples in a situation whereby he had they had to trust him completely and also to look out for the needs of others, not their own comforts. And they are also to appreciate any provision made for them by the people whom they are going to preach the gospel to. And this provision, they are to see it as a provision from God. Now, let me just read it again. The first lesson I learned from this story is, Jesus put his disciples in a situation whereby they had to completely trust on him. And also to look out, and they are to look out for the needs of others, not their own comforts. And they are also to appreciate any provision made for them by the people whom they are going to preach the gospel to. And they should see this provision as what God has provided for them. Now, I, I learned this lesson from the first verse of this chapter, which says that when Jesus sent out his disciples, 70 of them. In the previous chapter, he sent out 12 of his apostles. But this time around, he gave them more responsibility. He sent out 70. And he told them to go by in twos into different villages and town where he himself will actually go later on. Now they were not to take anything with them. No clips, no paws, no nothing, nothing. Just go. And then I think it's I think sometimes in our lives we find ourselves in a situation where we are being where it's as if we are being um, stripped of every form of provision. Every form of things that we might want to, okay, bank on, kind of, or rely on, so to say, and just completely trust in God. Sometimes, I think it's, it's a way of, of God training us to exercise our faith in Him completely trusting him for everything completely trusting him for everything it's just like when the children of israel were leaving egypt and they were going god provided for them through the manna and the quails and also even the sandals of their feet they outgrow their legs their legs didn't grow weary god 
pillar of cloud by day was used that to guide them and of fire by night so god is always with us he wants us to completely trust him i know we've got so many alternatives these days but let's don't forget the source of life he doesn't want us to put our our trust in all those things because they are not they they are not real what we don't see they are what are real so complete trust in god and also to also look out for the comfort of others and what you know when he sent out the 70 he said they should heal when whichever house they get to and he said peace be unto this house and they receive them if anyone is sick in that house they should heal them it shouldn't be that when they get when they go out they are seeking after the best houses or who will receive them or what they are they are not seeking after their interests but after the interests of others and we'll say or whatever thing they give to them they should see it as a provision from god what god has provided for them like jesus rightly said for a laborer is worthy of his hire so the second lesson i've learned is jesus employed his disciples not to rejoice because of their achievements but rather to rejoice in what god has done for them yes i learned this because when you know when did 70 disciples got back they were happy rejoicing and even told jesus wow what a miracle even the devil was subject to them i mean they cast out god jesus gave them power to cast out devils demons and every evil power yes and to heal the sick and they could see how i'm sure people were demon possessed we was the demons were leaving them and as they spoke you know, Jesus has given them that authority. The same way Jesus has given us this authority for us to go out and preach the gospel to heal everyone who is sick in the name of Jesus. Now, Jesus has gave this his, this seventy disciples that same mandate, and they got back with great testimonies. And Jesus rejoiced through the Spirit, and he beheld Satan fall from heaven. Now, I don't, yeah, it says so. Then also. He told them not to rejoice because of what they seemingly think they have done by themselves, but they should rejoice in what they have they cannot do for themselves. That's their names written in heaven. You know, it's good to rejoice, but we should also be careful about what we rejoice about. I know there are some portions in the Bible which pointed about areas that we are not to rejoice about. Don't rejoice when we when the Lord is punishing your enemy or somebody that has done you wrong because the Lord, when he sees that you are happy or you are rejoicing because of it, you can turn away from punishing that person. And also, don't rejoice when um, when God does things through your miracle and then you 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 suddenly feel, oh, it's... You are you are that special human being, you superpower. You are a superhuman being that God is using so mightily. You no, know, we should be careful because these things they are really subtle. So we should be careful and be quick to return our glory to God. So that's why Jesus told them, "Don't rejoice because of the devil is subject to you, to you, but rejoice because your names have been written in heaven." That's one they cannot do for themselves. So, um, the third lesson I've learned here is Jesus wants us to be our brother's keeper. Let us look out for the needs of others and be kind. Yes, 
Jesus wants us to be our brother's keeper. That's I, can, I learned this lesson from the story of the Good Samaritan, the parable God, um, the one Jesus told the lawyer. Now, the lawyer in those days, they are not academic lawyer. They are lawyers of the word of God. They, they, they have a way of analyze. They analyze the word of God, read, study, and all that. So, and he asks these questions not because he wants to know, because he is a lawyer. He knows everything about the scripture or what the law says. He just wanted to tempt Jesus, and Jesus knew that he was tempting him. And that you, I just love the way Jesus answered. Jesus asked him, "What does your law say?" Then he even answered the question. That's to tell you, it's not that he didn't, he didn't know what he was asking Jesus for. He just wanted to tempt him. You know, there are some people that ask questions. So let's just ask God for the wisdom in order to discern what people say or the questions they ask so that we we'll we'll know how to give the right answer. Because every answer Jesus asked, answered all his critics were all spot on, really. So Jesus asked him back, what has your law said? And he told Jesus what his law said. Jesus said, well, then he asked Jesus again, wanting to justify himself. Who is my neighbor? Because he thinks to him, he has, he's doing all this. He's fulfilling all the law and all that. Now, I'm just thinking because he is a Jew. You know, there are sometimes you do things and you know, just to justify what you are doing which is not rightly which is not right really to him his neighbor is jew or maybe people of your household people of your church people of your, you know people who are christians with you people who are in the same tribe with you who are in the same religion or country statesmen you know and to you you just so i think to him it was like being a jew he just felt his own showing of good or kind or his neighbor and all that or showing of love should be those of the Jew alone. And Jesus wanting to crush that pride in him, so to say, I'll say that. Jesus wanted to crush, crush it, how to like give him that parable and let him see the picture of himself really. And asking him to judge for himself. That's the way I see it, honestly. Because when Jesus gave that parable, Jesus told him, after the parable, now Jesus told him, now which of these three men do you think has been the neighbor to the man? And he answered the question. You see, people ask questions not because they don't know, but because they want to tempt, they want to see the stuff you are made of, really. And the man saw it. And then he he answered rightly. He said, the man who has showed compassion. And Jesus told him, then go and do likewise. So I think Jesus wants us to be, not to look out for good neighbors, but to be good neighbors ourselves. Because Jesus told him, then you go and do the same thing. So to be like the good Samaritan is for us to be a good neighbor. Let's see to ourselves, taking the responsibility to being a good neighbor. Not waiting for somebody else to be a good neighbor, but we should be a good neighbor. And we shouldn't restrict our love to those who are of your household alone, those who are Christians alone. As far as the person is a human being, you can even be kind to animals, self. Yes. So, let's that love flow. It shouldn't be restricted to these people and not these people. This area. No, no. 
So, for the fact that somebody has a tattoo on his body, where is a tattoo, doesn't mean you can't show the love of Christ. Doesn't mean you can't smile at the person. Doesn't mean you can't be good. Doesn't mean I can't be good. Doesn't mean we can't do what God has asked us to. We shouldn't segregate people or have a, a, a wall in our hearts towards who we should love to and who we don't. So I pray the Lord will help us to be who he wants us to be. So that's why I said Jesus wants us to be our brother's keeper to also look out for the needs of others and be kind. Now the fourth lesson I've learned is Jesus wants us to receive from him first before we can give out. For we cannot give what we do not have. Therefore, it's very important to saturate ourselves with the word of God first before we can give it out in order for our motives to be pure before the Lord. Yes, I repeat it. Jesus wants us to receive from him first before we can give out whatever we are giving, whether in words, in prayer, words of encouragement, in um, give, giving, in gifts, in service, in time, every anything at all, anything doable, anything giveable, whatever. <laughs> Let's receive from God first. Because I believe in receiving from God, He cleanses our motives. He helps us to do it the right way because I've learned something. Not everything good is God. Yes. Not everything good is God. There's sometimes God it might not be the way God wants to do that good. So it's 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 very good. It's it's very important, I'll put it that way, for us to seek God first, to saturate ourselves with the word of God before we think of giving, in order for our motives to be pure before the Lord. Now I learned this from the story of Mary and Martha. When Jesus came to the house, in fact, it was Martha that received him into his house. And then she was, really when Jesus came, I understand Martha, honestly. Because when you don't, you can't, when you have a visitor, the next thing you want to think of is how to make the visitor feel welcome, feel okay, comfortable, and all that. So she went out of her way and started preparing meals and just busy but Mary just sat at the feet of Jesus I also understand Mary at the same time you want your guests to feel to feel lonely there's time for everything when you've got a visitor it's good to first make the person feel welcome with your presence just stay you can talk and you know just be there you know there will be I understand but people but i thank god for jesus how he kind of clarified everything and when Martha was feeling overwhelmed with the old service thing she had to cry out in fact this time around she didn't even face mary she faced jesus the ha ah, jesus <laughs> tell my sister to come and help me now i've been doing all this work and in a way, it's as if I, you know, I'm doing all this because of you, you and because of disciples. But I need help. My sister is just there. At least tell her to come and help me. So, but Jesus, in fact, the way he called Martha, I think it's it's a it's a call of love. 
and just to draw her near that matter matter you are troubled with so many things as in there are so many things we do in our lives and we feel is the ultimate we feel that is what is needed we feel it's parity but it's not it's not that's why we 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 are just we juggle around and we we have little or no results for what we do so let's just be like Mary in this sometimes it's just good to just be calm just take it easy slow down and just stay at the feet of Jesus you know it calms our nerves it gives us direction we don't need to go here and there here and there before we eventually get the right direction we just this one thing is needful you see needful and Mary has chosen that good path. I pray we all choose that good path. I pray the wisdom of God will help us to choose the good path. And when we choose that good path, it will not be taken away from us. Just like when Jesus said that Mary has chosen that good path, which shall not be taken from her. So let's just come down with the also bustling of everything and just be at the feet of Jesus. Your time, your quiet time with him is one of the best time in which you can practice what Mary has just done. And it will just help your day go very smooth and stress-free, everything, you know. Let's just practice this. And I also, I'm, I'm practicing it. So, thank you for listening. God bless you. The study of the life of Jesus Christ according to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 11. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Then Jesus said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us all our trespassings as we also forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom, your power and your glory forever and ever. Amen. Then Jesus went further and told his disciples a parable saying, There was a man who had a friend come visit him at night. And he had nothing at home to offer him. Then he went to a friend's house and told him to give him some bread for his friend who was on a journey and has come to his house. For he had nothing to give him. And his friend from inside the house would say unto him, Leave me alone and do not disturb me for I and my children are already in bed. And I cannot get up to give you. And that his friend continued knocking. I tell you, even if he will not get up to give him because he is his friend, but he will get up to give him because of his importunity, that is, he is not ashamed to keep asking. I tell you, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door shall be opened. For anyone that asks it, receive it, and anyone that seeks shall find. 
and the door shall be opened to anyone who knocks. For is there anyone among you whose children ask him for bread and he gives a stone? Or whose son asks him for a fish and he gives him a serpent? For if you know how to give, if you that are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more your heavenly Father when you ask him for the Holy Spirit? There was a man who was possessed with a demons and he couldn't speak. So Jesus came and cast out the devil and the man started to speak. And the people around marveled at his miracle. But there were some certain people who accused Jesus of casting out the demons with the bell bosom. And Jesus told them, If I cast out the devil with bell bosom, then with whom do your people cast them out? For even your own very people has proved you wrong. It shows that the kingdom of God is near unto you. For if Satan's kingdom fight against each other, it cannot stand. And if a family is divided against each other, it cannot stand. And so if a nation fights against each other, it cannot stand. For as Jonah was a sign to the people of Nineveh, so is the Son of Man to this generation. For the people of Nineveh will rise up and accuse this generation. For when Jonah preached to them, they repented from their sins. And the queen of Sheba also traveled a long distance to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And lo, a greater than Solomon is here. For no one lights a candle and put it under a bushel. For he puts it on a lampstand that everyone that comes in can see the light. For the eyes is the light of the body. And if the lie, if the eyes is single, then the whole body will be full of light. But if the eyes is evil, then the whole body will be full of evil. Therefore, take heed that the light indeed do not turn to darkness. For if thy whole body is full of light without any darkness in it, then the whole will be full of light, like when a candle is shining and giving light. For anyone that is not helping me is against me, and anyone that is not gathering with me is scattering. When Jesus said this, there was a woman from the crowd that said, Blessed is that womb that bore thee, and the pap that you suck. And Jesus said, Nay, rather, blessed are all those who hear the word of God and do it, that's those whose life depend on the word of God. Therefore, if, therefore, there was a Pharisee from the crowd who invited Jesus to his house for dinner. And Jesus followed him. And on getting there, Jesus sat at the table to eat. And when the food was served, Jesus started to eat. And the Pharisee that invited Jesus to the house was surprised that Jesus had not washed his hands before eating. And Jesus said unto him, You Pharisees only concern yourselves with the washing of dishes and washing of hands. And legs that is hypocrites you fools don't you know that he that made the outside the outside has also made the inside you only concern yourselves with the outside being clean without considering the inside clean also for you Pharisees are alike on max grave that now give your food to the poor and you'll be clean on the inside sorry 
you pharisees are like unmarked grave now give your food to the poor and you will be clean on the inside you are full of dead men's bone on the inside and there was a teacher of the law also who was there and he said to jesus teacher you speak to us too and jesus said unto him you scribes you hold the key of knowledge and refuse to go in and you also hinder those who wants to go in you also consent to the killing of the prophets whom your ancestors killed by building their tomb for your fathers killed the prophets and you built and you build and you build your tomb therefore take heed for the wisdom of God said for I sent them prophets and they persecuted them and killed others for the blood of all the prophets shall be required of this generation from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah who was slain at the temple between the altar then Jesus stood up from the table and the Pharisees scribes were so furious for they were plotting against him asking him questions and they were looking for what he would say in order to accuse him what hmm. a generation the lessons I've learned from the above scriptures the first lesson is Jesus taught his disciples how to pray but they asked him first because they were willing to learn how Jesus prayed now this is very profound because I know there are some religion, especially the Jewish religion, where they say prayer, like say, go and say your prayer, say your prayer and all that. In terms of that, it's like, like creed, kind of creed, prayer creed, where one just says it, but in your heart, you don't even understand what you're saying, you know, that, lack, that kind of thing. I'm sure that was what they were used to at that time. The Jewish um, custom where they have prayer where they just say and you know or even scriptures where they just read but they don't they didn't they don't understand the number one the number two they don't even mean what they say with their hearts so I'm sure Jesus was talking to God in a way that was quite different from what the disciples was used to so they they asked him so thank God they asked because if they didn't ask that question, probably wouldn't have had this, this template, this guide for how to approach God, to pray to God. Number one is the intimacy between we and God. You know, the relationship we've got with Him. We know God is our creator, but once we give our life to Christ, we are born again, it be- God becomes our Father. That's a more cordial relationship. That's a more closer relationship than in being our creator yes he's also our creator but now we are personalizing him or should i say customizing him now because he is our father so say when you like that's when he started with when you want to pray say our father or my father so that's a more tender affectionate way to call god so because god actually desires a relationship with us personal relationship so, but his disciples are to ask first. So it's very important when we don't understand something or we are confused to ask God. Because you, our asking can all actually give answers 
to those who to many public probing questions later on can actually bring solutions to unanswered or confused situations or problem really so the second lesson is a the second lesson is jesus encourages us to pray until we receive the answer to our prayer yeah this is um followed by the the um, parable jesus told his disciple about the man that was on a journey and then he had a friend who came by wanting something to eat but he didn't have anything in the house he had to go to his neighbor who was also his friend and that his neighbor just said no it's already late just go away i'm already in bed with my children but he kept on knocking you know he just said the 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 neighbor or his friend eventually got up to give him what he wants not because he's his friend this time around but because of his opportunity opportunity is like you are not ashamed to ask you just keep emphasizing asking and you're just just stay there till you get it's like i'm not taking i'm not i'm not taking a no for an answer so can that kind of thing so he had to wait till his friend got up and give him what he wants so jesus said this should be our attitude in prayer when we pray actually when we are believing god for something particular or some when we are believing god on someone's behalf or anything at all we shouldn't give up when the answer is like it's not coming as soon as we want it or expect it we should keep praying we should keep praying the bible says the word of god says that in his own time you make everything beautiful so um just if you are believing God for healing, finances, growth, relationship, children, anything at all, it says we should keep praying. We should. Our attitude should be keep praying, keep asking. So you see, that's why I say, ask and you shall receive. For anyone that asks, it, receive it, and he that seeks shall find. So and he that knocks, the door will be open. So let's keep asking. The third lesson I've learned here is Jesus talked about the danger of a family or a group of community fighting against each other. For he said that they will not stand. Yeah. This was when the when the Pharisee accused Jesus, or certain people from the Pharisees kind of accused Jesus of casting out demon with the help of the chief of demons that's Belbuzo. And Jesus said, I mean, he had to throw their questions back to them. I said, okay, let's 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 even reason this out. Does this even make sense? If you say I'm casting out by Bill because there were some certain people then that were also um, casting out sorcery and all that, uh, but they were doing it with the help of the the, the enemy, the devil. They were into all kinds of things that wasn't godly. God said, if I do this, then where do you, how do your men also cast out devils? And also he said to them, he said, if if the devil caused this, maybe this affliction, and someone that is working for the devil, that is the devil is also helping to release the person, is that not chaos in the kingdom of darkness? I mean, it doesn't make sense. It's just logical, simple logic. Let's reason it out. I mean, God has given us brain. Let's, let's reason it out with our brain. 
he doesn't he's, he's not so he, he, he put it back to them and then saw how made them see how wrong they were and then he went further and said I mean the kingdom of God is already near them is with them in fact not even near it's already with them because he, if he that comes from uh, God is here with them living with them eating with them sleeping with them and all that and he's telling them the word of truth and they are ignoring they are even accusing that he's and and God backing all what Jesus said with signs and they could they can see the signs but because their hearts were so hardened they they refused to see it in fact they would quick question him okay who are you who I am just say I've been saying it I've been telling you who I am I mean if I if you don't even believe the words I say that's what I do I mean that should tell you that should open your heart then he told them he said you see when God sent Jonah to Nineveh even though Jonah was reluctant and God had to he had to pass through some lessons and eventually went and Jonah told them Jonah just simply told them and even even in Jonah's heart he didn't even want them to repent he didn't want to go because he didn't want them to repent he wanted God to punish them because I think Nineveh they were the Jewish enemy and the people just saying that see the way they repented everyone both their animals every one of them fasted and asked God for mercy now Jonah didn't do any signs he wasn't living there with them he simply came to give them a message and he went back see the way the people repented then how much more the the, the son of God who is God himself is right there with them telling him all this and yet they're accusing him again so I mean so that was why he said that the people of Nineveh on the day of judgment they rise up and accused this generation and then their punishment that the all they saw the deaths of the prophets both from Abel to Zachariah will be demanded from them it, he also spoke about the lawyer who was at the table and was when Jesus one of his Pharisees invited Jesus at the table and Jesus was eating and the man was is I mean he's so he's so insane how can you invite someone to your house and at the same time you are watching what the person is doing ah that's that's so mean really it's so mean and what was the purpose of the invitation if you are going to if you want to despise the person or look down the person or want to you are you want to pick something the person has done or uh, you know no 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 and i i like the way jesus just gave it to them one after the other he just told them what how their heart is plain plainly he said the Pharisees they are like unmarked grave because in the Jewish culture they don't they believe that when they bury someone somewhere and you come in contact with that dead thing or dead body you become unclean so in order to avoid that they anyone anything they bury or anybody they bury in a particular place they they actually mark the place with white so that people see it and avoid the place now Jesus called them a marked grave because it's like that place that they buried the person or that thing well, is not is not um, painted white, and people come in contact with either by stepping on it or anything, and they don't even know there's a dead body or dead thing there. Jesus said that's how the Pharisees are because they are inside; they are concerned about the outside, not the inside. So we we sh- we we less concerned about us, less concern ourselves with our inside how, how does God see me how was my heart the placement of my heart the condition of my heart before God 
Is it right? What's that thing I'm, I'm, that is keeping me, that is that little foxes in my life? So deal with it. That is what is more important in as much as the outside is also important. But the inside shouldn't be left because the outside is what men can see. We can have a kind of reputation, we can have a kind of personality that hides the evil in the heart. So Jesus said, no, deal with what is in the heart. That's why Jesus helps them by giving them an, ex- giving them an example. You take your money, go and feed the poor, and then you'll be clean on the inside. Those who are in need. So, you know, they got angry, and that's when they even wanted to plotting to kill him and all that so but jesus left the table and they were asking one manner of question in order to get in order to get words from him that he can accuse him of. I mean, so and so it's very important for families not to be divided against himself Community is not to be divided against itself before the Bible says, the word of God says that it, they cannot stand. So the fourth lesson is Jesus also taught us about our eyes being focused on the word of God and not being distracted, for we are light. And we, and we will not walk in darkness. Now this is When we are filled with light, everything we see around us, no matter how negative it is, we will always be optimistic about it. That's the way I can just put this. You always find every possible way about it. No wonder the Bible says that all things work out well for good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose. Because you just see God's purpose in it. You'll be optimistic about it. That's it. When we are filled with light, and the way we can be filled with light is by being filled with the Word of God. The Word of God is light. Since the Bible says that the Word of God is a light unto my feet, and a lamp is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. And the fifth lesson I've learned is Jesus also wants us to be concerned. Ab- wants us to be concerned about the cleansing of our hearts and not just the public. On the outside alone and also giving to the poor and needy. Yeah, I've, I've mentioned this in the third lesson. So, sixth lesson I've learned here is Jesus taught us that when we hear the word of God and we do it, then we are blessed. Yes, when we hear the word of God and we do it, then we are blessed. And then the seventh lesson I like to add is. When the Pharisee accused Jesus of certain people from the Pharisee, yeah, yeah, also Pharisee, when they accused Jesus of being casting out demons with the help of Belzebub, I mean, that's an accusation. They, 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 they don't know. So we should be careful about what we say about people, actually what they do. You don't know the source. So if if we don't know, it's better we just keep quiet. If you don't agree or you're not perfectly or you don't believe you don't need to say what they are doing is fake or you know for instance miracle you don't say oh no it's fake or something or I don't know or if it it might be an idea or anything so if we don't know we are not sure it's better to just be quiet than say things that 
we don't know anything about so that we don't I mean it's not nice for you to be accused especially when you are doing this for instance okay if you you are giving generous or you are doing any charitable deeds and someone is accusing you wanting to demean your intention or anything it can be quite hurtful and painful so let's let's not be like that and just if you are not sure or you think this person is not doing what you feel is according to the will of God then just pray for the person so thank you I hope you enjoyed this bye